Hello there, welcome to the International Business Podcast. I'm your host, Leonardo Marlo, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. In this podcast, I share my experiences and interview international professionals to draw lessons from their real-life stories. Coming up on today's episode. That's why I say start as early as possible. Uh, maybe you cannot allocate the 20% that we mentioned, but maybe you can start with 5 or 10%. It's fine. Start with something as, as minimum as it is. Honestly, I have no idea where I'm going to be in the next 5 to 10 years. Same like most of my friends and clients as well, which are also millennials. Chiu is a wealth consultant with international business experience across Mexico, China and beyond. Conversation will be about millennials and especially global millennials. How should they plan their finances? You can find more information about Chiu in the show notes. Without further ado, let's dive into it. Hi Chiu, I'm glad to have you on. Welcome to the show. How is it going? Hi, Leo. Good evening. Thanks for the invitation. I'm doing really great. I'll get straight to the point here. Why would you define yourself as an international professional? Yeah, that's a good question. And I have actually have two answers to that. So one is the geographic answer, which is very simple. I'm from Mexico uh, and right now I'm living and working in China. Previously, before that, I was also in Hong Kong. And before that, I did an exchange program, a couple of exchange programs, one in Canada and one in Paris. So just by that, I could say, yeah, I'm an international professional. However, the second answer, which I think is the most important one is actually the mindset, because I believe that to be a true global citizen is not really about just a geographic situation, because there's so many people who live in different countries, but they're not really global citizens, because you have to live, think, and act. As a global citizen, they have an aligned lifestyle that includes all your new global status that that's going to be everything from what you eat uh, how you encounter new challenges even how you treat your own uh, finances as well so it's all about the mindset for me i know Chiu that you love linkedin and i do as well and i was struck by your posts on linkedin about being financially fit So my first question is going to be this, you know, what does it mean to be financially fit and why are you an advocate for this subject? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I do get it a lot because it sounds very catchy, but still people are interested like, well, what does this actually mean, right? So one of the reasons, I mean, what I do is I'm a financial advisor. However, I believe that there's a big similarities between fitness and personal finance and also I'm a big advocate of fitness in general so that's why I also link it so I think that both of them are a journey they're an ongoing process of taking the right steps to reach your goals so for instance when we think about fitness you have to eat well you have to sleep rest also you have to work out and many things that you need to do in order to reach whatever your goal is So in finance, I believe it's the same. Uh, you need to build healthy money habits. Uh, you need to take make or make mature money choices like investing, having retirement strategies, or anything else that's going to get you to what your life goals are. That's why I believe that they're both linked or connected. And, I, and that's why I came up with the idea. Well, not really came up, but I thought of the financially fit idea. 
And you mentioned that you are uh, that you like fitness. So what what sport do you practice? Uh, well, I started with football because that's what everyone plays in Mexico. Uh, but here in Shanghai, other than that as well, I do a lot of running, and I'm also very connected to a community called FitFam. I don't know if you have heard of. It's a free fitness community that started in Shanghai. And now it's expanding worldwide even no i don't know about that tell me a little bit more and uh, so yeah as i mentioned it's a fitness uh, community so everyone it has a very social part so uh, it has many different spots around shanghai well that's where it started i think right now there are like over 40 uh, weekly locations everything's free so there are already set uh, locations with different type of workouts so each location has their own style sometimes they're indoors sometimes they're outdoors and yeah i really like it because i'm not a big fan of going to the gym on my own because i get bored so i really enjoy this part of the community environment and also the accountability that because you're signing up for a workout then you know that you should go and then there will be some people helping you to cheer you up and also to make you feel better that okay i'm doing something that is going to help me and actually I believe that this is also very connected to what I do because sometimes, especially when talking about finance, you don't really need a professional investor. You just need an accountability partner that's going to help you and guide you through your goals. So I think that's why I really feel comfortable in, in this aspect as well. Millennials, chill. For, before I ask you a question about them, who are millennials? What would be your definition, definition of this category of people? Definition by the book, if you want to call it that way, are people, I think, born between the 1985 to 1995, like a range of 10 years. So technically, is I mean, I'm a millennial. And yeah, I mean, right now is the largest force and or, or the largest population in the workforce. And I mean, we've been defined by many things online, but in general, I think we're a special generation that is facing interesting changes. I mean, right now, COVID-19, the older millennials also face the 2008 financial crisis. And we'll see what else we're gonna have to face in the future. So, and I think we're just a very interesting generation. Let's dig into millennials then. How is it different to become financially free for a millennial in their home country versus a global citizen millennial? Yeah, that's a good one because, I mean, in order to reach financial freedom, there are some basic concepts that should be universal, that everyone should be able to apply them and then they're going to get to your or their goals. However, being millennial living overseas, with a very international lifestyle, things change in the sense that, especially for your audience that is in China, we all know that uh, for day-to-day personal finance, we are in the best country probably in the world right now where we have access to WeChat and Alipay, like instant payments, we live in a cashless society. However, when we are thinking about future things like saving for retirement or saving for a house or this kind of transfer of wealth, overseas, things get a little bit trickier. So that's why uh, reaching financial freedom for an international millennial will require a little bit more of work 
by analyzing what would be the best strategy that fits your new international or global status. So the main concept may be very similar to pretty much any other millennial. However, the execution of that strategy should be aligned to your new international status and not just apply a local strategy to, to, that, to that goal. I don't know if I make myself clear with this answer. I think you did. I'll provide my own example. So I worked in Italy at first, then I worked in the UK, and now I'm working in China. So I paid basically pension contributions in three different countries. And I personally have no idea what I will have to do in the future. Yeah, exactly. Same for me. So I started my brief career in Mexico. By default, everyone there needs to do a contribution to a retirement account. But then I moved to Hong Kong and I also started a contribution to a retirement account in Hong Kong. And then here in China, we basically, especially those who live in Shanghai, see Shanghai doesn't really require companies to make a retirement contribution to foreigners. Basically in China have no contribution to a retirement account. So that's why this is when things get a little bit more complicated. So this way I decided like, well, I pretty much need an international retirement account that's gonna follow me around because honestly, I have no idea where I'm gonna be in the next five to 10 years. Same like most of my friends and clients as well, which are also millennials. So that's why I mentioned that it's a little bit different than just applying your local strategies. Everybody loves tips, Chiu. Could you give one actionable tip for millennials to begin their financial journey? I could give one very, very quickly, which is start as early as possible on investing. However, that's not very actionable. So the second one that is more actionable is you need to master your cash flow. That's a very, very basic step to begin with. So what does that mean? Master your cash flow. So basically there are two types of people. The people that have a salary and at the end of the month see what's left and if there's anything left, they say, like, oh, okay, this month I have 5% of my income left and so I can save that. So that's type number one. So the second one, which is the one we should all aim to is like define okay, I have my income today and I want to decide how I'm going to use it. So there's a very basic guideline, which is a 50-30-20 rule, which basically means 50% of your income should go to your lifestyle, whether that's your rent, your food, like any expenses that you think, regardless of what happens, I have to pay and, or no matter what, because otherwise I cannot leave. 30% should go to your fun budget, if you want to call it that way, because we need to enjoy life, right? What's the point of just saving? Uh, so yeah, just define how much percentage you're going to dedicate to that part and then just use it and 20% towards your goals. The idea of this is that at the beginning of the month, you this 20% that you already defined, you separate from the rest and then you only have 80% left for your monthly expenses. So that's an actionable tip. I would suggest everyone to start doing it. And this is just a guideline, but at least be type of uh, people number two and not just see what's left at the end of the month, which I used to do as well, but big mistake on my side. Is there any particular app that you use to track this 50, 30, 20 rule? Uh, yeah, there are dozens of those. Uh, mo most of them are free. So the one I'm using right now is called Spendee, uh, S-P-E-N-D-E-E which is basically allows you, well, I already automatically, every time I do a purchase, I just input whatever I put. It takes me five seconds max. 
So those people who say, like, oh, I don't have time, that's just an excuse. Uh, but there's, that's not the only one. There are many ways to do it. For those people living in China, you already have the best way to just track. So if you're using WeChat or Alipay, you can access to your transactions and it's going to show you by month all of those transactions. So there's, there's only excuses. There's always ways to do it. So you provided a couple of actionable tips for millennials, but I'm actually curious to know one common mistake that millennials or global millennials do. So I already mentioned the master your cash flow and start as early as possible. So this is, a li- this, this is linked to one of the most common mistakes that I see with millennials when it comes to planning for their future, which is focus on the short-term goal. Usually we tend to see of what's coming next and we forget to, or we tend to procrastinate on the long-term objectives, which usually tends to be financial freedom. So the important of that is that usually that goal is going to be the one that requires the most time, effort, and resources from your side. So the earlier you start, the easier it's going to get. I always use an analogy of uh, hiking or, yeah, yeah, just climbing a mountain. Usually that goal is going to be a big goal if we think about numbers. It turns to be uh, close to a million or more dollars or euros in assets. So that goal is always going to be there. And the earlier you start, if you think of climbing, the easier the hike is going to be. But the more time you forget or you let that time to pass, the goal is still going to be at the same height. But now, since you're closer to that objective in terms of time, now the, the hike is going to be steeper. So that's why I say start as early as possible. And maybe you cannot allocate the 20% that we mentioned, but maybe you can start with 5 or 10%. It's fine. Start with something as, as minimum as it is. It's going to pay on the long run. We can agree that storytelling is a mighty tool to connect with others. And I know you like telling stories. Why is it important to you and how do you use it in your line of work, Chiu? Yeah, so storytelling is very important to connect with people, especially when we're talking about uh, topics that are very abstract, like finance, like future, like ideas that you cannot physically grasp. So. I find storytelling very useful to click with my audience, my clients, my friends. And that's a way for me to actually uh, be on the same page as them because I'm also a millennial. I also live the same struggles that many of my clients do, which is not knowing where we're going to be in the future. So I also use my stories to share like, yeah, I was on the same uh, and I'm still in the same path as many of you. So this storytelling is helping me to find real connections and not just be one person who wants to tell them something about finance. Is there one particular story that you use often in your work setting? There's one, not, I don't use it all the time, but I have used it a couple of times in different seminars, uh, which is a story about my mom, because one of the things I haven't mentioned is I did a master's degree in Hong Kong. So, and that was something I wanted to do for a long time, like live in Mexico and study over, overseas. However, one of the things is that my mom didn't really financially prepare for this. And uh, even though we had time, like we discussed about it for like almost 10 years before the moment for me to go to Hong Kong happened. So I use this story and then I even 
Uh, and I really appreciate the effort that my mom did and all the sacrifices and the family did for me to actually come to Asia. So I use this story a lot because now I think back and I'm very thankful and grateful for that effort. But then I don't want other people to go for the same struggle that we as a family did. So that's one of the stories that uh, I use a lot and that makes me more human because it's something real. It really happened to me and my family. And yeah, people appreciate it because they see you as a real person as well. I've got one final question to you. I ask everyone who comes on the show. Tell us about one memorable moment from your international career, the most successful, the funniest, the most catastrophic episode, your pick. Well, for me, it's more like an aha moment because I know since the moment I first joined or started doing what I'm doing right now, I know that's a very important job. But for me, that was just the concept, right? It never really hit me until one day I was the same coaching uh, or helping a friend in, in the same topics about financial planning. I was helping her with her strategy and everything. So she's an executive coach in Hong Kong. And then she started, after we finished, she started to ask me questions about, about what I do. So we started to go in deeper. Of course, she knows really well how to coach. So she was going deeper asking why every time I answer until we finally realized something, a very, very personal story from my side that I never shared before, probably only with my wife. And that was a very aha moment like, oh, wow, that's, that's why it's important to me. It's also related to a family uh, story and that in this moment I'm not going to share, but and that made me realize like, I think I should go and looking for the why every time I have a conversation with people. Because many times when I have conversations, uh, people tell me like, I would like to save for a house. I'll, I would like to be financially free, but that's just the surface. If you go deeper and ask, but, but why is that? What are the implications if you don't do it? Or then you will get to the real reason behind that. And that's more powerful and that's going to help uh, my clients to actually get there because it becomes more personal. I completely agree with you here. If we can, if we can get to the to the bottom of the reason why we want to do something, then the how and the what become easier. But yes, it's not easy because I guess, not, I mean, not everybody wants to share their why. Some people maybe they don't know exactly why they want something, so they know what they want, but they don't know why they want it. So complicated, but interesting. Yeah, exactly. Chiu, before we go, who should connect with you? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, well, as I mentioned, I'm a millennial. Most of my clients are as well millennials. So I think millennial professional or millennial professionals in general that are interested to learn more how they can control their life by taking control of their finances but are unsure on how to start, that, that could be a good way for or a good uh, type of people that I always click with but also international professionals that simply want to become more financially literate because I post or I create a lot of content just to promote financial literacy. So I think those two types of people are uh, the ones that will definitely should connect with me on LinkedIn or anywhere else as well. Chiu, I want to thank you for your insights. Thank you for joining us on the International Business Podcast. No, thank you for the invitation, Leo, and happy to hear more of your conversations with other people. 
Subscribe today to listen to more international business stories, guests coming on the show every Monday. Do not forget to connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find the link in the show notes. I'll speak with you again on the next episode.